what would happen to your business in the next 90 days? What would happen to your fitness in the next 90 days? What would happen in your faith, like your, your spiritual connection or in your marriage, if you got like laser focused for the next 90 days? Welcome to Bullish, where we talk about the journey and process to build ourselves and companies into multi-billion dollar people and brands. Currently, my business and investment funds have done tens of millions in revenue. And this is the documentation of the journey to scale to the billion dollar realm. All while we give back and do good in the world. My name is Bridger Pennington and welcome to Bullish. All right, Justin Prince, welcome to the show. Man, honored to be here. Appreciate Good to have you here. Um, just today, we're going to talk about your book, Be The One. I got a copy right here you guys can see, talking all about self-development, how to become the one, which I'm excited for. And you've had a, before this book, though, had an incredible career as well. So give us 45 seconds. Yeah. Why, why should someone listen to you on this yeah. show today? Well, first of all, honored to be with you. You know, I came from a, a broken home at age 12, moved 13 times in the seven years through the teenage years, have no professional background. I was working at a mall kiosk. I made pizzas no college education, started my first business at 25. Uh, first business fails. I am have two babies sleeping in the loft of my wife's parents' mm -hmm. garage, moving into in the loft above her garage. I have two part-time jobs. And I go from that whole thing to building five different multi-million dollar businesses, doing you know over two and a half billion in revenue and spoken in 30 countries around the world and just had this incredible life. And I've, I've kind of compiled all this saying, how did this all, <laughs> how did this mm -hmm. happen? Like, is yeah. there practical things that you could teach and you could share? To the next person saying, "Yo, I, I feel I feel it in me. Like I feel like that that part of me," and I felt compelled to to remind people that they're the one. They're the one for their family. Mm. But then we give them a tactical roadmap to create and to design and to live an unforgettable life. What I like about you is it's it is tactical. You know, some people are very just fluffy, I guess, yeah. with their oh, just have a positive attitude or whatever. I think something that's cool about you and just your whole well, you first off have lived it. Yeah. It's not just you're making it up. Yeah, so You've lived it. Yeah, of course. You've been here. I've done this. This is just my life, <laughs> which is very different than someone theorizing about a life that yep. they could have lived. This is just from you and saying, hey, this actually worked for me. This actually did not work for me. I think it's a very powerful position to come to. And really a position I think you should have when you write a book. Absolutely. Is to come from that position of this is just this is just me, and I'm telling you what worked. Brass tacks, like the good, the bad, the ugly of yeah. this whole thing, which is which is pretty cool. What was the um? Well, give us a, a quick story just behind the scenes on why though the book, this yeah. book right now in this time. Yeah, you know, uh, I believe success is an identity process, and you'll never outperform the way you see yourself. So when you realize that you're the one, you'll notice the book's not called Become the One. It's called, it's it's Be the One. Mm, so in other words, yeah. it's you're the one for your family. You're the one that your entire heritage has lived and bled and died for. That's the first part. So it's you recognize who you really are, that your life has value, it has purpose and meaning. We have the highest uh, suicide rates, particularly with, with men that we've ever had. We have the highest anxiety and depression rates we've ever had. Once you start recognizing that your life has value and purpose and meaning, you're not here by accident, you're here by design, your life has a reason mm -hmm. to be here. Yeah. And there's also a calling on your life to like go make something of it. That's the first part. That's the, you're the one. The second part is this though, it's B. B is a present word, right? So B is what are the tactical things you can do today that would literally have impact in your life today? What I love about mm. the book is you don't have to read the whole book and apply the whole book to change your life. Literally every single chapter, this is the truth. Mm. Every chapter, if you apply that chapter, it would change your whole life. Mm. And then that chapter, like, whoa, I have a huge, huge impact because each one of the things we talk a, a, a lot in success about compounding of habits or yeah, compounding of, yeah. of, of principles. It's like you start compounding a couple of these things, putting them together over a dis time and distance. It will change literally your whole life and help you to literally be the person you were born to be. Hmm, I love that. We all have a superpower. And the superpower for most of us, we haven't tapped into. And it's the superpower of your focus. Hmm. Like learning how to actually get focused. So I'll give you an example. The sun has the, the ability, to, the general ability to light up the whole earth, the general ability to give heat to the whole earth. Wow, pretty hmm. cool. 
But if you take a magnifying glass and you magnify the rays of the sun, the same general power will be like laser-like and can burn a hole through steel. So humans, like we're generally focused, like most people that would listen to a podcast like this, they're like, they got some goals, got yeah. some dreams. They're not- Generally good. Generally probably doing a pretty dang good job. Actually, above one of the average. reasons we did a podcast, the average podcast listener makes about $75,000 a year. Yep. It's much higher than a TikTok but, user or a sure. Twitter user. It's yes. much, much higher people yes. listen to podcasts. Yes. So they're generally doing a pretty dang good job, got mm -hmm. some goals, got some dreams, making some stuff happen. But what if what would happen to your business in the next 90 days? What would happen to your fitness in the next 90 days? What would happen in your faith, like your, your spiritual connection or in your marriage if you got like laser focus for the next 90 days? So eliminated distractions. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I teach is dividing by 2000, 2000 is the, the number that the average American worker works in a year. Mm -hmm. Divide that one more, so that gives you a per hour rate. Divide yep. that one more time by 60 which is your per minute rate. Mm, okay. So everything you want to do a per minute analysis. Mm. So for example, if you've had that happen where you're like, look at your phone to watch a, you know, a yeah. short form video and like 47 minutes later, you're like, what the freak? You just watched a thousand of them, right? Yeah. You wouldn't pull cash out of your pocket and light a fire. You just wouldn't, mm -hmm. but you would, you'd burn your attention and your attention. Uh, there's what's called the law of use. The law of use basically says what you don't use, you lose right? And so it's what's called attention atrophy. So it's like, if you don't, like I, I blew up my shoulder when I was 15, 16 years mm, old playing shoot. basketball. Oh man, you go up for a rebound or something well, or what? Well, uh, the, <laughs> the first time I blew it out was, uh, I was at this, this, it was a church, like a church camp, I guess it was called EFY at the time, but it's basically these, uh, there's a bunch of boys, a bunch of girls. So I was trying to show yeah. off with these girls and they were, ah, they, nice. the teacher had us to do a handstand push up. And I went to do it and my shoulder just kind of popped out. No way. That was first, the first time. First time it's ever popped out was on that, a handstand push-up. Dude, handstand really? push-up 15 years old. And I was like, what wow. the heck? Um, quick those, end, what quick those end girls, of this. What those girls well, think? I was gonna say, was quick, it, quick did end, it end up turning out good or what? I was going to say, quick end of the story <laughs> is both girls felt so sympathetic that I kissed both of them. So anyway, it worked hey, out fine. it worked out. Wow, there you go. So when I was playing, when I was 16, they were full court pressing us as a point guard. And I reached around the guy like this to, mm. to, to pass and it popped out. It's what's called sublocation. Pops yeah. out, pops in. Yep. So anyway, I go get surgery and I'm in a sling for six weeks, mm -hmm. right? So you're 16 years old and that's kind of a fit little kid. Like I was, I was into sports and whatever. Yep. Well, dude, guess what happens to your arm when you don't use it for six weeks? It, it atrophies, mm -hmm. right? Your left arm is now bigger than your right arm. And it's the law of use. What you don't use, you lose, yep. right? Most people suffer from attention atrophy. Mm. We, we've, we haven't focused for so long that we've forgotten how to focus. So I'll give you an example. The research says this, to go from focused to distracted, back to focused. So in other words, you're jamming, you're making your goals happen, make your dreams happen, you're working, you're doing your thing, like in your creative genius, make it happen. And then something happens, a ding, a ping, yeah. a vibration. Someone walks in, you get distracted, and then you go back to focus. How long does that take, right? You say, well, it takes me 30 seconds. I'm like, I'm back, you know, it takes me a minute. According to the research, it takes 15 minutes and 23 seconds to go from focused to distracted, back to focused, which if you think about it, most people and that's even if the focus disruption is just a quick disruption. yes it's yes. not if it's a big no yeah small ones. 15 minutes the, to get back. the buzz in wow. your phone or yeah. the ping you know it yeah. like kind of takes you out of the rhythm yeah. well it takes 15 23 so imagine you like are getting back in two minutes in mm -hmm. another one and then getting back in in five minutes another one so most people have not been focused for so long they've forgotten how to tap into the focus mm -hmm. one of the things i teach in the book is yeah. how to get laser like focused a lot of people call it flow the flow that state, same, that flow state. We actually teach this at our company. Uh, bring them behind the. We've talked about this a ton, haven't we? Behind the camera, I, I tell all my people in my company, you can't do it all day. It's almost impossible to do it every hour of the day. But at least one to three hours of your workday, 
You should get into a flow state, yes. set a timer, yes. put a note on your computer, yes. don't yes. bug me, and go for 45 to 50-minute yes. segments. Yes. Yes. And then yes. give yourself yes. a 10-minute break yes. and go play. Yes. We have a basketball court here. Yeah. Go play yeah, video games, do something different, and yes. then come back and fully laser in. Love that. And if you can do that one to three times, you will move the needle much faster in your job, your business, your management team, whatever it is. We preach this at our company, and it's something that's changed my entire life. So check this out, dude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on that. So Fortune Magazine, this would just validate everything you just got done saying. Mm. Fortune Magazine did a study. They said of the top Fortune 500 company CEOs, so these are people that are like shaping global markets. Yeah. Like these are the Fortune 500 company CEOs in America. How much time are they focused on their company's three top three strategic priorities? In other words, the things that actually move the business forward. So not how much time are they working, not how much time are they in email, not how much time are they traveling, not how much time in meetings, mm -hmm. but like, the things that really, really matter strategically to move the business forward, right? Yep. And they did this big study and they said, how long does it take? And you'd say, I don't know, five hours a day or yeah, you know, six hours, eight, eight hours a day. Yeah. It was 90 minutes. Wow. So Jack Welch hmm. hears this former, you know, famous former CEO. He hears of GE yep. and he says, he says, I highly doubt it's that much. So hmm. Forbes hears his quote, Forbes goes back and redoes the study. Goes to the CEOs, all right, all right, start, stop, start, walk, like for reals, how much time? And they like dig in a little bit deeper, ask a little bit more sincere questions, get a little bit more honest, a little more vulnerable. And it wasn't 90 minutes a day, it was 28 minutes a day. Wow. So if you did what you what? did, if you did what you did twice, let's say you took a, I call them productivity blitzes, it's so interesting, yep. so interesting. Like yep. coming to like, we were just meeting right now, and we've come to very similar conclusions. If you took a 45 minute, single task focused, highly, highly focused window, uh, the the research says that there's law of diminishing intent or law of diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. So like in other words, after about 55 minutes, even if you're like the most like well-intentioned, your brain's yeah. a little fried, yeah. particularly if you actually are dialed. Yeah. Your brain's kind of like, whoa. So take a minute, to, you know, take a couple minutes, get some water. To your point, move your body a little bit, mm -hmm. get re-dialed in and then go hard again. If you did two of those two 45-minute blitzes, that's, you would be three timesing, not your productivity, you'd be three timesing the productivity of the most successful people on the planet. Mm -hmm. People that are yep. shaping the global economy. Well, what could happen in your life or your career if you if you implemented this and stuff? And you compound that over a week and no a month question. and a year. It's, it's, and I, it's funny, I've, I've talked to a number of entrepreneurs that have independently figured this out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I think as an entrepreneur, you hit your head against the wall so many times. Of course. And you have to, you're like, okay, I, I just need to be better. And so <laughs> you end up being like, okay, I'm just gonna focus and I'm gonna do, and what you come, I've, I've, just, I've talked to so many entrepreneurs sitting across from me that have figured out this same concept of whether it's 30 minutes or 45 or 55 minutes, they find this window where yeah. they hyper-focus, no meetings, no distractions. Sometimes sometimes people wake up early in the morning to get course, it done or course. they do it at night or different times. But it's such a, it's a, it's a law of nature almost yes. that us humans and entrepreneurs that want to get a lot done and want to be high performers end up doing because it is so easy. We had this talk with our executive team this week you got meetings, you got calls, you got a notification, you got a, somebody you got to manage and your whole day is gone and you didn't do anything. Any, anything done. I had a day this last week on, it was my last Tuesday. I told my, our, our, one of our guys here, I was like, I did nothing yesterday. Yeah, I came and worked. I worked for nine hours. I, I, I was so busy. I had a to-do list. I literally did nothing though. I could have been at home because nothing moved the needle. It was just answering emails. It was answering calls. It was putting out a little fire here, yep. but nothing moved the needle in our business. It didn't make any strategic moves. And it was pretty much a waste of a day. I should yes. have been home with my family. Yes, of course. Hey, hey, what's going on, people? Hope you're enjoying the show. This is Bridger Pennington here. So if you like the show so far, if you're more of a visual learner, we actually post almost all of these to YouTube. So if you go look me up, Bridger Pennington on YouTube, we're there. We actually have a ton of different content on funds and different business structure and strategy, stuff that we kind of don't touch on on the podcast, but are more visual 
face stuff. So if you're a visual learner, go to YouTube and go check me out, Bridger Pennington on YouTube. With that, we'll get back to the show. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I teach, so we've all heard the Pareto's principle, the 80-20 principle. Mm. This hit me too uh, a couple years ago. This when I when I figured when I figured the focus thing out, and when I figured this this little uh, tactical strategy mm -hmm. out, I went from what took me, you know, 17, 18 years of my career to earn per year, to generate an income per year to per month. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it was just like a, it was just like an, it was like an acceleration, inflection point of like really being able to get productive versus just busy, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So one of them. So you have 80-20 principle. Imagine you like, you mapped it on like an X Y chart. 80% of what you do, so the majority of what you do only produces 20% of the impact in your in your life or your yeah. business or your health or whatever it is. So if you slide it in, 20% what you do produces 80. We all kind of know that. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, okay, so if 80 produces 20, 20 produces 80, well then 10 would produce 90, which means five would produce 95. So 5% of what I do produces 95% of the impact. Mm -hmm. And so it's what I call the five by five formula. Five by five is your top five strategic priorities and then the five highest impact actions that drive those five. So I'll give you, a, I'll give you two quick examples. Say that one more time for me. So five by five would be your top five strategic priorities. Okay, priorities. Priorities five is priorities. five. Yep. Jim Collins says, if you have more than five priorities, you don't have any priorities. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what am I looking to accomplish right now? Right, yep. so your top five. And then the next one is your top five, what I call highest impact actions that drive each of those priorities. I'll give you two examples. Okay. okay. So the, uh, John Maxwell did the forward for my book. John Maxwell is, uh, Inc. Magazine says the world's foremost authority on leadership. He'd written 100 books, sold 35, 38 million copies now. He's, he's, he's done a great job. So writing books is his flywheel because he, he speaks all over, but it all is based on just this machine he's built with his ability to produce content through books, mm, right? Cool. So John was asked once, a guy said to him, he goes, John, how, do you, how did you write 100 books and sell 38 million copies? And John's first answer was, he goes, it's easy. He goes, you just have to be really old. I've just lived a long time. The guy's mm -hmm. like, no, seriously, what do you do? He goes, yeah. you know, it's funny. He goes, I do five things every day. So not 155, not 55, five. Yeah. He said, every day I read, think, file, ask questions, write every day. Read, we know what that is. Thinking, we know what that is. Filing means he'll find quotes, find stories, find stats, mm -hmm. and he'll like file them away so he can use them later. Yep. Like he like has a resource. Yep, yep. So he reads, thinks, files, asks questions, and writes every single day. Mm. And the guy goes, when you say every day, what do, you, what do you mean by every day? And he goes, every day means every day. So there's there's the consistency compounds over time because any one of us could read, think, file, ask questions, right? In other words, those aren't things that only he could do. Yeah. But the consistency over a 40 plus, 50 plus year period, he's written more leadership content than any human that's ever walked on the pl planet ever, right? What's that time window? Did he say how much time that takes him? Per well, day? he'll do it. He does it for a number of hours in the morning. He starts about five in the morning. I've sat in his den with him. He goes, sit here every morning in my robe. And just he'll go till like 10 or 11 in the morning. Mm, read, yeah. think, file, ask questions, right? Now, remember, his flywheel is writing books. Yeah. So this is his thing. Yeah. The guy goes, what do you do on your birthday? He said, I read, think, file, ask questions, right? He says, what do you do on your anniversary? I read, think, file, ask questions, right? He goes, what do you do if you didn't really sleep well? And you kind of have a little bit of a headache. He said, I read, think, file, ask questions, right? He goes, what do you mm -hmm. do on Christmas? Read, think, file, ask questions, right? He goes, what do you do when you travel? Hmm. He said, I read, think, file, ask questions, right? So every year for 40 years, it compounds over time. So yeah, that's one. Wow. I'll give you another one yeah. on, 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 I'll give you one on marriage. So like shifting gears. Okay. Uh, my wife and I have been married. Uh, we're coming up on 21 years, which is crazy. Yeah. Congrats. Got four kids. My wife's, I mean, this woman's, a, she's amazing for reals. It's like she's like, you, you'd like look, think through our entrepreneurial journey and just our life journey. Like you, 
you would need a strong, powerful woman to like, yo, we got this. Yeah. Here, keep going. You're doing fine. That's how my wife is. And you, I think you need that. Oh, for such a, a blessing. It's, I mean, you don't need it, but it's, it's hard if you don't have it. It's I, such I've seen a entrepreneurs blessing. that have, bro, I, I do it's coaching. Just, with it's so hard. Like it's the next hard. generation of leaders that are, they're like sales, like summer sales kids, for example. Oh, okay. And I'll go speak to some of their organizations. Yeah. They'll just call them eight. Let's call them eighteen to 22, 23, 24, That kind mm-hmm. of age, right? Yeah. And a lot of these kids are saying to me, "Like, dude, I'm trying, but my my wife my wife wants Louis bags, and she wants to trip to France, mm. and and she's putting a little bit too much pressure on these kids at this age." Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, "Yo, we can get there." <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like work to be like align as a family, align yeah. as a couple of like, "Yo, baby, we're gonna get there." I just need you to to kind of grind with me for a little bit, yeah. you know. And I have empathy for the, the these women too. Don't get oh, me wrong, yeah. but I'm also like, we've got to well, we got to get there together. How do you align with your spouse on that? You know, you have a a, a young kid that's. And what would you maybe coach someone doing summer sales? They're trying to make money. They're hustling. They're doing hard. They're launching the business. They've got a wife, and every wife is going to be totally different. Or or husband, right? Yeah, Depending for on sure. Man or woman, for sure. How what have yours has been your coaching advice to those guys? And- so the first thing I tell people is you want to enlist your family. So in other words, it's not your job, your business, your career. It's our job, our business, our career. So you enlist them. I couldn't agree more. I love that. Like you bring them into it. So like Mm -hmm. with kids, hey guys, if mom gets these five customers and hits this goal this month, maybe she has like a little business, then we're, you enlist them. We create, like we're going to go to the park, no phones. We're going to go get some ice cream, like enlist them, enlist your spouse. Mm -hmm. So they're like, hey baby, go make this happen today. Go, go get our three sales. Like you got Mm -hmm. this, you you like I'll hold down the fort. You go make it happen. Or the kids are like, mama, go get your five customers. We let's make this thing happen, yeah, you know, because yeah. they want to go to the park, you know, and they're cheering you on versus resenting you for, for, for working the business. Yeah. So I think, I think enlisting them and then also enlisting them. So there's, 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 there's rewards. There's a, there's a concept I teach called positive expectancy. Mm, so okay. positive expectancy is you're creating positive expectations, positive expectancy. So what you're really doing is you're creating hope and vision. Vision asked this question. This is the question that all of us, whether you're raising kids, you're in a marriage, you're building a business, we all have to ask this question. Uh, if there's tough economic times, you have to ask this question. Tough times in the business, you got to ask this question. Everyone's subconsciously asking the question, will it always be this way? Hmm, interesting. If it will always be this way, then we'll, then it's not worth the grind that we're going through right now. But if, if, it, if, if it's not always going to be this way, in other words, we can push through this so positive, get to a better state, get to yeah. a better state. Like there's like, like, mm-hmm. like the reward, the harvest is coming. Then we're willing to grind through the, the, the sowing, you know, the, the, uh, yeah. the sowing season, you know, we can plan if we know that yeah. we're going to get there. And so as leaders, we have to always be casting some hope and some vision, which is answering the question, will it always be this way? So I'll give you an example with, with marriages of five. What, what are the five things that you could do in a marriage that would drive 95% of the impact? And if you got really good at these five, you could, you're probably going to do pretty darn well over time. So I'll give you five quick ones. Most of them are daily. Some of them are weekly. So first one would be like a weekly date night. Just mm-hmm. schedule it in. I know I'm busy. I know you're busy. I know we're traveling. I know the kids and babies are, and I know it's hard, but we just find time to have a weekly date night. In other words, you spend some time together, right? Yeah, yeah. Number two would be daily communication. Most couples, particularly over time, their communication is what's for dinner, how was work, are you picking up the kids or am yeah. I picking up the kids? So we truly daily communicate deeper than that, mm-hmm. right? How are you feeling today? Like, like check in. Like Have an actual conversation. An actual conversation. Yeah. Partic- it's funny, over time with marriages, I feel like, yeah, that communication be- just deteriorates. Yeah, it deteriorates. Mm-hmm. It's because we don't take the time to invest in that relationship, mm-hmm. right? So date, uh, weekly date night, daily communication, um, emotional and physical connection. 
So uh, physical would be hold hands, hug, be physically intimate together, but also emotional is like you're emotionally connected because you can be on the same couch and be disconnected emotionally. Mm -hmm. And you can be 2000 miles away around the country, around yeah. the world and be emotionally connected. Yeah. So you're investing in the emotional and physical connection. Uh, four would be uh, look for ways to serve, like be thinking like, how could I make my life easier for my spouse? Yep. And then, and by imagine if both spouses are doing it, right? I'm, I'm going to do some dishes. I'm going to, like, I'm just going to help around, right? Yep. I'm going to pick this up, make it easier. And then number five would be uh, basically give sincere confidence. Mm. Hey, baby, you look great. Yeah. I love you. You're such a, you, I just am so grateful for my life. Whatever it is. But sincere confidence, right? If you were to do those five things on a daily slash weekly basis, I mean, I'm not a marriage expert, but over time, you're going to build a pretty freaking awesome marriage, yeah. right? Okay, so here's I the question. That. That's the five. Find your five. Those are what I call your highest impact. What do you do with the other 95? All the fires we have to put out, all the other freaking crap to do, the emails and just all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is where, that's where life gets busy and you get tired, you get run down, that's you right. have so much to do. It's, yes. it's yeah, this whole thing. To me, that's where we build teams and systems. Mm. So we we sit we, we create systems and then we build teams. And this is where what Dan's talking about is right. right, which is I think his is audit, whatever in Phil, I'm trying to remember his third word is, but basically it's like audit the time you're spending, uh, basically delegate. I have to think of how he teaches it and then fill it with where would you put that time. Yeah. Point is teams and systems. You want to do what you do that only you can do. That's your five, your yeah. highest impact actions. Get very clear on those. What are my priorities? What are the highest? The, actions that drive the priorities. And that's like, I do basically only that or is limited amount of that. In other words, yeah, I limit how much other crap I'm doing. In real estate, there's a term called highest and best use of this property or land. It's the same thing. For same concept. Life. Highest and best use. Same concept. Yep. So highest and best use. So one of the things that I teach in the book is this idea that you're the one. So the book's not- Here's the book right here, Be the One. So we didn't talk yeah. about this earlier. Here's yeah, the, the book's book, called- Be the One. It's not coming called, out just brand, yeah, just right, right around the corners. Yeah, September 26th yeah, is yeah, the official launch day. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So it's not become the one, it's be the one, which mm -hmm. means you are the one. So think of it this way, bro. If you took your, your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents, your great great grandparents for the last 12 generations, it was approximately 400 years, and it was 4,094 people from all over the world that came together to create create you to create me to have like this conversation mm -hmm. yeah. 4094 people from literally they, they went through tragedies and triumphs uh, tears and laughter like pain and wins like they did so much so we'd have this moment mm -hmm. we are the one that they did this for right mm -hmm. so you're so you already are the one the second part though is i wanted to write a book and i think back to my my uh my journey you know i came from a broken home age 12 uh, we moved 13 times in the seven years, kind of through the teenage years. No college education, no professional background. I was working at a mall kiosk selling animated Bible videos. I, you know, I had no working background. First business fails. I'm below zero financially, back on credit cards, back on taxes, living in the loft of my wife's parents' garage, two little babies sleeping in the closet. I'm like, what am I doing? I have two part-time jobs. I'm chasing the dream to be free with another business. And then here I am today, and you've done billions of dollars in revenue. You, you've, you've built multiple multi-million dollar businesses. And... You're like, how did that happen? And and it was there was these tactical, practical things that people can actually do. Like you could actually apply every chapter. I teach it through stories and then like tactical stories and then tactical to where people could actually apply it to be the one today. In other words, to be the one is like be it. It's present. Like do this to to be the one you were born to be. I tell mm -hmm. people you're not who you are. You are who you were born to be. And you can actually go to that next level of your life by simply being that one today, the one that is, you realize, because success is an identity process. So we're always updating the identity. The identity is, if you think you're a loser, you're not gonna show up and play like a winner. 
If you think you're a winner, you won't roll over and quit like a loser would because your identity wouldn't allow you to. So James Clare wrote the book, uh, uh, Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he tells the story of two boys. One of the boys stole the candy. And they said to the first little boy, they said, did you steal the candy? The little boy said, I didn't steal the candy. He said to the other boy, did you steal the candy? The little boy said, I don't steal. Mm, I didn't yeah. steal the candy as an action. Took on the identity. Yeah. I don't steal is an identity. Yeah. And we're, over time, we'll, you will never outperform the way you see yourself. You'll be consistent over time with the identity. And you can update this stuff. And if you want to create new habits, you build that identity first. That's exactly right. And then right. you fill that identity. That's exactly right. I'm someone right. who works out. So check like, this I, out. I work out every day. Like I cold plunge every day. I do whatever it is every single day. That's just who I am. It's part of who I am. The who I am is your identity. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. I'll yeah. give you a quick, I, I tell the story in the book. Because I think sometimes people hear this. And maybe we wonder... Either am I the one or have I made too many mistakes in my life to actually be like, in other words, I know Brid Bridger is, I get it, dude, I get it. The guy's freaking a beast. Like I get it. But do I, do I have what it takes? You know, as we listen, mm -hmm. you know, I have a, one of my, one of my friends lives in uh, Southern California. His name's Jaime Molina. He's literally one of the sweetest guys I've ever met in my life. His wife's name's Ramona. She's sweeter than him. They're super devout in their, in their Christian Catholic faith. He have four beautiful daughters. He works in the financial services industry. He's a great member of his community. He's the kind of guy that you'd want your daughters to marry. Jaime's a really good man, a really good man. And Jaime, one of the things he does to give back to the community is he works with the troubled youth. And when he works with the troubled youth, he tells them a story about a man named E9400. E9400 was born on, in Texas, El Paso, around the so border. So I say it again, E9, what? E9400. Oh, that's like his name? That's, 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 that's this the, is a story he tells them. This is a story, about oh, yeah. okay. And he says E9400 was born in, in Texas, El Paso, on the border of uh, Mexico. Uh, at age eight, he was introduced to alcohol and started you know, a, a, a life challenge with alcohol. At nine, he was sexually abused by someone 24 years older, um, became sexually active at age nine. At 14, he was introduced to really hard drugs. At 15, he was a mule for the cartels. At 24, he was charged with 11 federal felonies and, and served multiple years in San Quentin in prison. Mm. You don't want to go to prison anywhere. <laughs> if you're going to go, you don't want to go to San Quentin. This yeah. is like the, the harshest rapists and murderers and so on of our society. So Jaime tells the story of this of this 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 man. E ninety four hundred was his prison number. Mm, okay. So it's this six yeah. digit prison number. And he said, "What do you guys think happened to this guy? Like, like if we did an odds test with your audience, right? Okay, what are the odds? All right, what are the odds he's strung out on alcohol? Yeah. What are the odds he's in prison? What are the odds in, in drugs? What are the odds he's dead? What are the odds he's living his best life? You know, we'd 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 probably do like the odds of like this does not look good. Age eight, you're in alcohol. Nine, sexually inactive and abused. Yeah. Uh, Fourteen, you're you know, using hard, hard drugs, 15-year cartel mule, time in San Quentin, Quentin, this is not awesome. So one of the days, Jaime brings the kids to class and he says to him, he goes, remember I told you guys E9400? He goes, I actually brought him today. Kids are like, no kidding. He goes, hold on, he's in the hallway, old grab him. Walks out, ends up walking back in, goes to the front of the class, and he says, they're kind of like, where's E9400, you know? Yeah. He said, I'm E9400. He goes, wow. that was my prison number. So for many years of his life, his identity was E9400. Mm. But I tell people, you are not who you are, you are who you were born to be. He wasn't born to be E9400, he was mm. born to be Jaime yeah. Molina. And also, you are not what you did, you are what you repeatedly do. So Jaime made these mistakes. Some of them happened to him, some of them he chose himself. But he could change that identity that I'm not E9400, I'm not a prison inmate, I'm not a drug dealer, I'm not a, I'm not a druggie, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not gonna let the abuse define me forever mm -hmm. and he became one of the no kidding one of the sweetest people i've ever met oh, which is Jaime Molina. Story. Yeah. Oh, i love that it's it's one of my favorite things about the human condition is just how humans can change 
everything about their lives. Yes. And one of the funnest things about today's day of age is we get to hear stories like this from all around the world yeah. because of social media and the internet. It's that's phenomenal to hear who you can be. And I love the concept of be the one, yeah. right? Be that one of the 400 plus years of generations yep. that have bloodlines that have all created you today to be that one that goes and changes the whole family line. The whole family line. It changes everything about your posterity, changes everything about what you think and what you eat and what your kids and then your grandkids and what your great grandkids will you see, what your posterity will take away from and look back to, remember great granddad, Justin or Bridger, whoever the person, exactly great right. grandma, they change things for us, us as our generation. Yes. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. If you're someone that wants to learn more about alternative investing, private equity, hedge funds, venture capital, we just created a brand new group on Discord that all of our Wall Street Rebels around the world are joining. It's called the Wall Street Rebel Insider Community. Go check it out down below. It's an amazing group. I go live in there. We do calls. I do all sorts of AI bots and terminal things and all sorts of cool stuff. So go check it out and get back to the show. Thanks guys. So Bridger, if you think of the life that you're creating right now, one of the whole, uh, one of the identities I think we need to update to is that we're creators. We're not just consumers. We're not just here to react to the distractions of the world. We're here to like intentionally create things. Mm -hmm. Like if you think of, the, of uh, the Jews and the Christians would read the, the Old Testament, right? The very first word, uh, line of the Bible, God introduces himself. And he could have picked uh, lots of ways to introduce himself. Mm -hmm. He could have said, I'm wonderful counselor, uh, Lord, Savior, Almighty. Yeah. He says, in the beginning, God did what to the heavens and the earth? God created. Like he's kind of like, hey, welcome to the book. Just so you know who I am, I'm a creator. And by the way, you're in my image, male and female. In other words, you're in my image and you're a creator. Mm -hmm. um, Steve Jobs was from a Buddhist band, so not a Jew and Christian band. And Steve Jobs had one of his famous quotes was, when you recognize that everything that around you that you now call life was created by people no smarter than you, he says, you realize you can build your own things. He says, so don't just live a life, build one. Or another way to say it is don't just live a life, create one. You can cast out like, what kind of life am I going to create? Yeah. In uh, Dubai, they just finished the Museum of the Future. I, I was there about three did months you ago. See, did you see, by chance, did you see it? We, it's a spectacular oh, it's beautiful, building. Beautiful building. We went to the building and it was all sold out for the okay, day. Okay, so got we it. Get in. But got we walked it. in and I mean, it was a pretty, really big, big building, beautiful. It so really it's cool. written in, in Aramic uh -huh. on, on the, yeah, outside, the outside, right? Yeah. And what it says is, basically says this, it says the uh, products that we create may not, or, you know, so we may not live for thousands of years, but the products we create can and will. Mm, cool. And so it says basically same thing. Don't just live a life, create one. Yeah, be a creator. All of these different, in this case, um, almost like religious persuasions are saying the same thing to humanity. It's like, yeah. yo guys, you're here to create stuff. So think of this, you think of the life that you're creating, the impact you're having in people's lives, the work that you're doing, you're building a life where future generations of kids will look up and be like, it was, you know, it was my great, great grandpa's name was Bridger. This is his story. They'll still be able to tell your story. But anyone listening to this, in other words, it's easy to sometimes say, well, of course it's because it's Bridger. I've been following, you know, I know who he is. Listen, every single one of us can say, I'm going to be that one for my family. Mm -hmm. That future generations of kids will look up and say, she's the one that broke the, the, the addiction in our family, it actually ended with my great-great-grandma. The chain of abuse, uh, yeah. the divorce, the economic principles that have set our whole family free. It was my great-great-great-grandfather. He's the one that taught all this stuff, learned all this stuff. And that story is your story. Yeah. First story I tell in here is my fifth-generation great-grandpa and my son kneeling at this guy's grave. And the guy, my great-grandpa and my great-grandma went from England, 2,000 miles to the eastern Cape of South Africa, uh, there, his his uh, my fifth generation uncle John was killed in the Hosha Wars with with the natives. 
they uh, have this amazing story. I'll share the story with you real quick. He's, he's one night finished at the farm. He was a sheep herder. He was finished at the farm and he it's, he's kind of tidying up. It's at night. And he, what the story I'm going to share with you is from his journals and his daughter's journals. So this is just what they said. And this again, your fifth, fifth generation grandpa. His name's George Prince, okay. George and Sarah. So he's finishing up on the farm and he hears a voice and it says, George. So he turns around and he, according to his journals, he sees an angel. That's what wow, he says, cool. right? Angel basically says to him, he says, George, two men are going to come to your home. They have a message of faith. The message is true. You and your family need to accept this message. And, mm-hmm. you know, kind of gives him this direction. That's in 1853. 1855, he's sitting on his front porch after a long day at the farm. It's at dusk. Two men come walking up. Uh, the, the, the description was very vivid. This is what they're going to wear. This is what they're going to say. Mm, so he knew what to look for. They come walking up and he says to his wife, Sarah, he goes, this is the men from the vision. Mm. And long story short, uh, they shortly after joined this faith, leave the Eastern Cape of South Africa five years later in 1860, uh, go what 2000. Faith? What, what faith did you Yeah, uh, LDS, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day cool. Saints. So yeah. Christ, Latter-day Saints, really cool. And, um, come to Utah, make it to Massachusetts, get to Nebraska, and then travel wagon train. On the wagon train, they have five kids. Sarah uh, is pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. The twins are born on the wagon train and both die. They uh, bury them in hand, hand dug graves, make it to Salt Lake City. Shortly after, Sarah never emotionally or physically recovers, so she dies. So here you're George. You're pursuing opportunity to move to South Africa. That's why they went there. It's pursuit. In other words, he's like trying to like make his life better. Mm-hmm. He, he's pursuing his faith. Uh, his brother dies, his two babies die, and his wife's now dead. Yeah, wow. And he, my son kneels down in his grave. My son, uh, he's 19 now. This is when he's 16. My, it, was, it was just this kind of surreal moment. My son takes off his hat. It's kind of like a really honoring moment. Kneels down at this guy's grave, and is this headstone. And he's basically like, it looks like he's praying. He's kneeling down, kind of like having this moment. We're driving home. I said, bud, I said, just tell me what that what was that moment? You know, and he goes, dad, he goes, I was just thanking George. He goes, I was thanking George for his faith. I was thanking him for his courage. I was thanking him for his resilience. And he said to me, he goes, dad, I was thanking George for being the one. Hmm. And I thought to myself, how powerful is that? That here we are, you know, 160 years later. And my kids, six generations later, know this guy and his wife's story. They know their kids. They know the journey they went through. And my friends, all of us can, the book's designed to help you to create, design, and live an unforgettable life. Yeah, it's amazing. I love that. The, this uh, this whole concept being the one. Now, I want to ask the question I think I would ask, and I want to ask you about this. You're a public figure. You're writing books. You're out. You're putting your name out there. So the first thing is, I want to ask about, have you, I mean, obviously you've thought through, I've thought through this before. It's it's kind of scary to put yourself out there. Oh, for sure. To try to be the one. For sure. In that capacity. And there's different ways to be the one. Let's talk about that in a second. A lot of people will watch this and they have an idea. Yeah. I want to do a podcast or be on TV or be a show. Maybe someone's going to come and, I don't know, stab you at an event one time. I know you're a speaker and stuff. Does that scare you? What was that? What was that transition of being a private figure to like, you know what? I'm going to actually be in the public sphere and try to do things publicly, which is a, for me was a massive jump, like it, just a mental and emotional jump. To hmm. like, I'm going to post my face on Instagram about business or this topic. It's a huge jump for me. Walk me through that jump. Yeah, for you. God, that's a great question. I've never been asked that question, particularly in that way. I'm going to answer it in two ways. The first way is just the the like fear of failure, the fear of like who am I? You yeah. want to know it's so interesting. Posture syndrome. Yeah. Posture syndrome. When I first started my business 18 years ago, my first business 18 years ago, I was actually really good at what I did in sales. Like I was like the top guy in the company. I was making a, a decent living at the so time. You started as a salesman. What was your business you started? Uh, the, my first business we were we were uh, marketing nutritional products. Okay. Uh, we had to create a distribution for a nutritional company, 
And so in the company, eventually the company we were distributing for went out of business. Mm -hmm. So it was super painful. But when I first got into sales, I had that thing of like, you know, am I going to be good at this? It was a, well, a ton of this is identity. I remember mm -hmm. thinking, I was like, I just want an hourly job, dude. Just where I know I'm going to make eight bucks an hour, 10 bucks an hour, yep. not this all commission thing. And then I got good at that. And then I remember I started a business. You have that thing of like, what if I freaking felt this, dude? What mm -hmm. if people are going to make fun of me and if I yeah. tell them? But anyway, I became, you know, pro very proficient at that and, and you know, created a great career and life and so on. Do you want to know what's so interesting? I think people would look at me now like, well, dude, you've done a couple billion in sales. You've made tens and tens of millions of dollars. Like you're, you're good. Dude, when I did the whole book thing, you feel the same feelings you feel again. That's just pull back. It's oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm like someone gonna read this and be like stupidest thing ever. And, and and you know they're not. Just but dude, your mind starts playing. It's really yeah. interesting. I'm telling you this. I'm trying to be vulnerable to yeah. say this to your audience of like, if you're feeling these feelings, we all feel these feelings, dude. Yeah. Every one of us. It's just all part of the game. So what helped make that jump? And you were before even the book. You've been a public figure yeah, for a, a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, for now. sure. Walk me through that jump though. So what happened on the public figure thing? There's actually two things I'll share with you. They're so interesting. The first one for me was. Like I started doing video, I've, I've had probably, I think, I don't know, 200 and some odd million views on videos now. Uh, I started doing video because I had people from my team call me and be like, hey, I've got this problem, I've got this concern. And I remember finally, and I'd answer it right mm -hmm. on the call. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm gonna do a video because my guess is if they're feeling that, maybe someone else mm -hmm. is, and yeah. maybe I could help seven people versus just one yeah. and take that one hour. This lady, and you know, I could create Compounds a little bit, it, save compound time. it, yeah. save, basically help more people basically. So I started doing video and the first however many videos, you know, for how many years of videos are brutal, but you start getting better over time. Okay. Well, what happened with that is, is you, someone was, I almost did the public figure thing almost on accident. Honestly, I was just, just more, doing it to just help. Just, just, serve. People. Yes, yeah, dude, just like add value, you know, yeah. with that said though, I've been attacked like, like real life stuff, not attacked physically, but attacked mm -hmm. like, like, you know, you have people, not just the haters. I've had people like try and like tear your whole life apart, you know? Really? Like what? Yeah. Any examples? Yeah. Um, so I, I'll, while you're thinking for a second, I had a, I had trying a, to think how I'd say what happened. Dude, I had yeah. a guy come in my office this is a former employee and he was all really bugged out at me. And we talked right here and he's like, Bridger, I just, he goes, it bugs me that it's cause my face is on this company. It's we talk, I'm the kind of the social figure of our companies. Everything's about you. It's got, we always talk about your business, your thing. And it's always about Bridger. And, and I said, I and he just, I let him vent at me for like four or five minutes. And I said, anything else? And he kept going, he had a spirit. I was like, anything else you got? And he just kept venting. He was venting about his whole job and his career and just everything. He was very, you know, in a tough spot in his life. And so I sat there and I said, well, let's address a bunch of this, but we, we addressed the public figure thing. And I said, I said, I said um, told him, I just called my name. I said, hey, I do not like doing this. I actually have an open invitation to anyone in my company to come to, film, to, to come, do ads, come take this be the one. I, and by the way, we post, we post about probably 30% maybe 40% of to publicly, the other 60% is private. We do ads, we do videos. I do a ton of content. We film almost every day. So if you want to do that, and then every morning wake up on Instagram and have people calling you an idiot, you're an idiot a scam, yeah. of course, of course, your course, wife course. is this and that, and your hair is dumb and whatever the comment is, I said, be my guest. It's not that great of a thing. You go on YouTube and there's comments and there's all this, and, and who do you think you are? And, and, and I said, open invite. If you want to come film literally tomorrow, it's not like a fake invite. Come in, the studio is yours, come film. And he kind of sat back in his chair. He said, oh, yeah, I don't want that. And I said, man, I'm, I actually do have an open invite for people to come. I'm, I'm trying to actually get people in my company to do more videos and stuff to take that off of me. And it's, it is a burden you carry. And I, it's a big, I have a big respect for content creators mm -hmm. around the world at any capacity, someone that is willing to put themselves out there and take that kind of hate and, and not just hate, but just, I get it. just the social pressure from your brother-in-law or your 
father-in-law, oh, who do you think you of are? Why, man, that video is kind of funny. You messed, you said a word wrong. Just yeah, And they're, they're joking about it, but it kind of hurts your soul a little bit. So, so check, walk check me the, through yours. Yeah, check this out. The, uh, I've tra traveled and spoken all over the world. In Asia, there's a proverb that says that the nail that sticks up shall be hammered down. Mm -hmm. So in other words, how dare you stick up, Don't you'll be hammered up, down. Yeah. In the UK and throughout Great Britain and all throughout Australia and New Zealand, there's what's called the tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy means the flower that grows up will be sliced down. Mm -hmm. In the States, uh, back east specifically, if there's two crabs in a bucket, if there's the one tries to crawl out, yeah. does the other crab like hoist it up, push it out? No, it does what? It pulls it down. So when you go for it, you, if you try and stick up or grow up or, go, or pull out, jump mm -hmm. out, you'll be hammered, sliced, pulled down. It is a human, it's like a human thing. So I, one of the things that happened to me is uh, the, so even, even like the Roman emperors fell, like the, you're stabbed in the back, like this stuff happens, yeah. you know, it's a human thing. Uh, not everybody, because I'll, I'll tell you this other side of this, but I, I've had people that like just, to, I had people that created plots, fictitious fake plots mm. to, to try and uh, create fake narratives to like take, take oh, you down and, and like, you know, engage people with it and so on to a point where you like literally had to sue them and the whole thing and I won and yep. you know, we were paid out and the whole thing, but more, I just had like, you had to like protect, like it was just this, it was like a 2020 Dateline NBC special. You're like, what just happened? You know? So it, it make it, what I wanted to pull back during that. I wanted to like recede and just be like, I'm so narratives you. that were just going to ruin your Com brand, completely tarnish fake your reputation. stuff, but yeah. they were like really painful, you know, yeah. Com but completely fabricated. Like the whole plot was fabricated, mm -hmm. but it was literally like a plot. It was crazy. So anyway, the point I'm saying is when that happens, you want to pull back, protect yourself, protect your family. Just be like, I don't need this freaking chaos in my mm -hmm. life. The whole thing. There's an old saying that says evil prevails when good men and women do nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you an example. People say stuff like, Social media has got so much freaking garbage on it. I don't even like social media and it gives me anxiety and it sucks. Cool. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Meaning I, I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Here's what I'd say though. If you don't have good people on there posting good ideas and people ideas saying, hey, listen, you're the one, dude. You got mm -hmm. it. Here's some steps where you could tactically be that person today. Here's ways to change your life. If you don't have people doing what you're doing in real estate, I watched one of your videos. No kidding. Yesterday, watch one of your videos. You were talking about like Vanguard and State Street and BlackRock. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll own the whole world here soon. You're kind of like, yo guys, we could like build some funds and like actually this is the only way to compete is to like get in the game and compete. The only way to get in the, or the only way to compete is be in the game. Mm. And so it's like evil prevails when good men, men, women do nothing. When you, no one's out there with a contrarian voice, like we have kids. Yeah. I want my kids to follow someone like you. I hope your kids, you'd be like, yo, listen to this kid's, this guy's video. It's really going to help you son or daughter, mm. you know? That to me, I well, feel I'll, almost a calling on it. I'll say know? this too. I, I'm a beneficiary of people that have gone out and done this in the previous, like Me Tony Robbins, man, no what a guy. I'm so happy Tony Robbins did not decide to just stay in the shadows and decided to put exactly. out videos and do events and it has drastically impacted and changed my life. And I could go through a number of people and I'm so grateful. I would not be here today or doing any business at all if there weren't really sharp people like you There's out there no question putting about it. this out there. And no so question. that's the contrary is like, that's what I feel as well. I feel this obligation. There's a younger bridger somewhere in the world that Brother, needs to hear what I am teaching. 100%. You want to know it's also interesting for someone like you, and I think this is important for your audience to hear. At what point are you going to stop doing, meaning, imagine I'm talking to your audience. At what point do you stop putting out content? Mm. When you make a million dollars? When you make five? When you make 20? Like at what point you're like, yeah, I'm good, dude. This is when it really gets into yeah, your, your heart. Because yeah. like you get to a point of success where you're like, I don't really need to freaking do this stuff anymore. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. I can sit 100%. on my couch, do it. I don't have to wake up early anymore. Yep. 
but you still wake up early and you still grind. Why? Because then you start getting into the true causality. In other words, yep. the financial hustle, the financial need of it maybe is gone. Yep. Your, your, your asset-based income is bigger than what you used to make per year. And you're just like, yo, I'm good. But why do you still produce the videos? You do it because you want to serve people at a high level. It's, at some point, and I do think that comes through in, 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 uh, in your content, at some point, it's not just to make another dollar. <laughs> at some point, it's like, man, yeah. I feel a little bit of mission behind this stuff. I, you know? I actually, I remember, hit, I hit that point about a year ago where I, and I, I'm all about the hustle and grind. And I was here, I'm like, I'm here to make money. That's why we have a business. So I ran, I did social media because it helped our business. Of course. It's like, yeah, it just, it naturally brings us leads. It brings us clients. It brings us all the sorts of like partnerships we can do. It just brings us good stuff. So I did that until about a year ago. And I hit that point. And I actually remember like that, it was about a month where I kind of changed my whole shift of focus. And I was like, hmm. huh, I'm, I'm good. I, if my current life, and I, I like to live well below my I get it. and I'm I get just it. like, I could just stop right now. This would be sweet. I have a nice house. I got a great family. Like, but then it shifted to, okay, who can we help? What more can we do? What's going to be, what music do I still have in my soul that That's I want right. to let out yes. before I die? Yes. What is, can I be the one for generations to come? And, and then it, it, I got out of, and I, and I think it's okay. If somebody's listening to this, I, I hated when I would listen to podcasts like this and entrepreneurs that were really successful would always talk about like, well, my, the, we have a bigger mission. I don't even care about money. Don't think about money and you'll have more money than ever. Brother, I was like, that is so hard when you're, I'm, I have a thousand dollars in my scraping, bank account. I'm scraping it. by. And I so it, I just didn't listen to those guys. And I get what they're saying now because I'm getting to that point and I go, oh, that's what they mean. But it's not the way when you start. I, I guarantee any of those guys when they were just starting out did not think that way. They thought about making dollars and just making money. No question. <laughs> but then you hit the point where then it moves to mission. Yeah, I think it's, it's an interesting, I think it's a disservice that sometimes like billionaires will come to, uh, I was in college, they come to classes, it's, follow your passion. Now I'm not a billionaire, so I'm not going to criticize billionaires because they know more about business than no, I do I currently. Get it. But I think it's a disservice you tell a young kid sometimes is only follow what you're truly passionate about. Like if I, if I did that, I would be a ski, I'd be a skier. I love snow skiing. That's what I would have done. But I think what they're saying is, and they say that because they're coming from a place of lots of money. Yeah, at of their course. point in life. But I think if they thought back to when they were starting out and maybe that's, maybe it's true. Again, I'm not a billionaire, so I'm not gonna criticize billionaires, but coupling a passion with a very lucrative business vehicle and picking lucrative business vehicles so that you can live your passions okay, so let me is a really great way to live life. Let me give you this. I'll give you a three-step wealth building formula that a billionaire mentor of mine taught me. Mm. Super, super simplistic and super precise. Uh, step one is maximize your income. In other words, make as much as you freaking can, mm. right? Okay, that's step one. Step two is minimize your expense. So in other words, most people, what happens? Dollars go up, expense goes up. Mm -hmm. In fact, most people, the expense line actually outpaces the business or the mm -hmm. income line. Okay. So you're, what you're doing is your, your uh, income's going up because mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're maximizing. Maximize, what a great word. You're like getting better, building skills. Like how can I maximize my income earning potential? Mm -hmm. The biggest asset yeah. you'll ever, ever have is you. Your biggest asset is your ability to generate cash. Yeah. So that's this. And then your expense line is going down. So you're creating a gap. And they said step three was build cash flowing assets, mm, right? So yep. you take the step, th you take the gap. The gap, the delta. And then you you can create cash flowing assets. So check this out. What if, what if, I know a lot of people. I, I, I So Nikola Jokic just won the MVP of the finals for the NBA. Two mm -hmm. years before he was the NBA MVP, but mm -hmm. he just went into the finals. Yep. Plays for the Denver Nuggets. He's from Serbia, I think. Serbia, or, yeah. yeah. 
And anyway, they interview him after the game. This is the craziest Tall, white thing. guy. doesn't look like an NBA Oh, player. he looks he like just, frumpy. He looks unathletic. And he just freaking balls everybody unreal. up. Two year, two, should have been the three-year. I so think. He should have been three-year. Three-year MVP. No question. They didn't want to give it to him because it was just like getting unfair. Yeah, yeah. So they interview him after the finals. Ticker tape is falling. He's got like the yep. NBA champion hat on. And they go, Nicola, how does it feel to be a champion? And he goes, it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, anyway, they do the press conference yep. later. And, and they're like, Nicole, you're an NBA champion. How's it feel? And instead of giving like, this big motivational speech, he yeah. goes, he's just like, I kind of like basketball, but I really like riding horses. Yeah. And he this. went back to Serbian road horses. But the point of the, here's well, the point. And he was mad about the, uh, the parade. The parade. He was he's like, the parade. Oh, crap. I got to get back to Serbia. I got to go ride <laughs> exactly. horses. And he, we're doing a parade for here's me. Here's the and... point. He's great at basketball. Mm. But I don't know if he even freaking is deeply passionate, loves it. He's mm -hmm. just freaking great at it. He's mm -hmm. great. And I'm, I'm not taking any of the, of the work that he's put in. He's just great at it. So yeah. here's the moral of the story. You can generate cash, maximize your income doing whatever it is you do. Mm -hmm. Get great at it. Be the best. Literally be the one in your industry that's mm -hmm. freaking crushing everybody. But then take that cash, stay humble, like minimize your expenses, take that cash and go get passionate about all your asset building. Yeah. And even if you're not passionate about the asset building, like the stuff that you do, even if you're not passionate about that, your cat passionate about the cash that it provides to go ride your horses and go to the things that you like to do. Yep. So in other words, the whole like just chase your passion thing, I think is the wrong advice. Mm. The right advice is maximize your income earning potential. The best investment, what's the best investment? Is it real estate? Is it cryptocurrency? Is it stocks and bonds? What's the best investment? Yourself. The best investment you'll ever make is in you because your ability to generate cash, you're just this incredible asset in your mind, going to the event, listening to the podcast, like getting this time, reading a book, a book will take 20 something years of someone's life and pour it into your brain in a week, mm -hmm. which is crazy. Yep. So you're always sharpening your own saw, you know, your own yep. skills to where you heck you can maximize your income. You can go from making, you know, uh, 50 grand a year to 150 from 150 to 1.5, 1.5 to 10, 10 million five. And, and, and so on, you can like your income maximizes, minimize your expense, build cash flowing assets. And if you have that model, you can go be passionate about whatever the crap and, you want to be passionate and about. And guess what? It doesn't get taken away in divorce or when your business gets bankrupt, all the inf investment you made in yourself still is there. It's, it's all there. It can't be taken, governments can't rip it away. All this stuff. I, I was listening to a, um, <clears throat> another a person talking about this. He's, he shared the story from Iran when the Iranian revolution happened, all the, the business owners that were killing it in Iran fled. And a couple of them were, they did the lottery in Iran. They just made millions of dollars, but all the money when they, they got seized by the government, hmm. all their money and assets got seized. But these, these kids, not kids, but these men that ran this, they, it was a generational thing. They ran the lottery and they hadn't learned the skills to run and grow businesses. And so they, the government took all their money, their whole business, and they were, they, I think they fled the country and they lived poor the rest, I, rest, most of the rest of their life. They couldn't figure out how to start another business. Hmm. On the contrary, a lot of those Iranian businessmen that still, they got all their assets, everything ripped away from them. They moved to LA and they became, they just killed it in LA. Because they knew the same principles the same that worked principles. in yes. Iran would work in LA and they started businesses and they became very successful. They didn't even know the language or the government laws, but they still became super successful because they had developed something that can't be ripped away from you in a divorce, in a government revolution, in a World War Three scenario cannot be ripped away from you is what you invest in your own brain. I love that. Cool. By the way, the whole success principles, that's what the book for me was a mm. compilation of all the success principles. It's like if I had to go do it again, if I, what have I learned? The success principles. What I love about principles and values, so I wrote you a note in the book and I, I said, I said uh, how much I admire what you've built in your career, but what I really admire is the values and principles you've done it with. Hmm. Uh, you know, both for the people that we both know and just watching it from afar, right? The principles are, you know, they're applicable 
in multiple different mediums. Mm, yeah. You put them here, you could apply them here, you could apply them to a marriage, you could apply them to a business, you could apply them to this, this new thing. It's the same success principles. It's like those same success principles with consistency over a period of time, you're gonna win here, you're gonna win there. I tell people, there's five levels of certainty. Hey, hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show. Now, as you know, we don't run advertisements on this channel, we just spread this by word of mouth. So if you can, please rate and review the show. If it's benefited your life anyway, please drop that down below. I actually love reading them. I love seeing what people say and share and stuff. So if you guys can, if you've, this show has helped you in any way, shape or form, please rate and review and share this with a friend or two that may benefit their life. We do this just to help more people understand this game that we're playing. Thank you guys so much and we'll get back to the show. So check this out. Guess how certain we are about things we're certain about? Really certain. <laughs> so I tell people, you wanna hold strong opinions loosely. Like in other words, be be moldable. Be moldable in your, yeah. don't just anchor down so much. This is part of updating your identity. Be moldable, mm. be moldable that you, you can. And I'm not trying to say, that you can't you can't have strong opinions. So have strong opinions. Like believe things. Yeah. But be but be willing to learn, le listen, and learn and understand because there's a lot more that we don't know than we know mm -hmm. as, as humans, right? Yeah. Okay. Lowest level of certainty. Now remember, certainty means I'm certain of this. Is it's impossible? Guess how much time, energy, and passion you're going to put into your real estate, your be the one <laughs> pursuits, whatever it is. If you think your success is impossible, very, 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 very little to nothing. Why? Because you think it's impossible. You're certain it's impossible. The next level up from that would be possible. Hmm. It's possible is very, very powerful. Because when you say it's possible, you can, you can get yourself to a mind, your mind to a place of if it's possible for one, it's possible for many. If it's at least possible in the world, I can pull it off. Now, you might say it's possible for Bridger, but not for me. Cool. Yeah. But at least it is possible. I'm not going to argue that it's not. Number three is improbable. So yes, it's possible, but my success is probably improbable. I don't know if I could actually pull it off. Yeah. Next step up would be probable. Probable is like, the deck's actually stacked in my favor. I, I think mm -hmm. my odds of pulling this off are, are, happen, are yeah. like probable I'm going to do it. Yeah. The last step up is inevitable. Mm, yeah. You are, you, the, you, you've designed success principles and you teach in this broadcast and in the stuff that you do, success principles that would make someone's success inevitable if they applied the principles. Not like, not hopeful, not, not probable, not, uh, you know, not just possible. I hope this pans out. Like, no, dude, if you do this, it's it's inevitable yeah. this is going to work. Eventually right? happen. It yep. absolutely happen. And yeah, so, and when you get certain of that, guess guess how you attack a project when you think your success is inevitable with freaking everything you've got. Mm, yeah. I mean, full tilt, full speed, like let's go because you're you're expecting to win. Like you, we watch championship teams, you think they're like hoping the season pans out? No. When Tony Robbins gets they're on stage, you in. think he's hoping it's going to pan out? Yeah. No, full certainty, dude. It's inevitable. I'm going to change people's lives today. What I love when you talked about the beginning, the the focus too, and when you do, and then you couple that with fully focusing for ninety days. I've never seen someone fully commit their time, talents, energy, ev like just everything to something and fail. Hmm. I've never seen someone commit time, their full attention to getting in shape, and they're still out of shape. Yeah. Now I've seen people halfway commit, yeah, yeah, halfway do something, but it's funny. The back to the human condition, us humans are incredible creators. If you commit fully to something, it's crazy what ends up happening. Now, I have a different question for you yeah. on this whole topic. So you got your book, Be The One. I'll, I'll throw it up here on the screen so everyone can see it. Awesome, I'm excited for it to come out just Thank you. very recently and I got the, a fresh copy yeah. here. Um, this is, you know, this is, people would term this as, oh, you're just another motivational guy. Yeah, of course. You're one of those people that are just gonna pump me up. And actually, I, I would say people that like self-development are kind of in this category. Like I'm one that likes self-development. There's a lot of people that are outside of self-development that always just think it's quirky, it's it's whatever, it's just affirmations in the mirror, 
what would you say to that? There's there's yeah. an audience for sure that will love this book that totally already right. likes self-development. I, I'm one of those. So you can tell me on the podcast, I'm excited about this. Yeah. I love the principles you're talking about. There's people listening to this show. They're like, dude, this is just whatever. It's just hokey dory. What would you say to those people that have not yet dove into the self-development world? Such a good question. Get into your stuff like this. So I was on a podcast uh, recently and the guy says to me, he says, there's three types of people in the world. There's pessimist, realist, and optimist. He said, which one are you? I said, huh, interesting question. And I said, first of all, I'm a realist. So uh, what a leader should do, in my opinion, is not call things better than they are, not call things worse than they are. Sometimes in the personal development, mm. self-development world, it's like, it's great, everyone yeah. just have a positive attitude. It's like, mm -hmm. no, 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 dude. Or you're just a, you're just pessimistic and you're just like, everything's negative, whatever. Listen, we gotta call things as they are. That's truth. Truth is calling things as it really actually is. Mm. So that's the first thing. Second thing I'd share with you is this, and this like, these will lead to the answer to the question. Uh, University of, Stet of uh, Pennsylvania did a study, uh, 350,000 participants, 22 years. Mm. And they said, as they studied these people, study. there was a thinking pattern that began to emerge that they said was predictive of success. So if there's a, a thinking pattern or a way to think that's predictive of success, I mean, if your goal is to be successful, you'd want to figure out what that is. Yeah. Guess what it was? Optimism. Mm. They said that they 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 would they could just see optimist. They could like see the optimism. Now here's there was two there was two uh, uh, notes that they made. That these people that were that was that succeeded. Number one had an unrealistic expectation they were going to be successful. Mm. Yeah. So let me start with this. If I'm listening to this, I'm kind of a little skeptical. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Like yeah. that's how I, mean, I think it's probably a good trait. In you know, use channel properly. Being realist about it. Yeah, you're, you're be real a realist, dude. Yeah. It's all <laughs> yeah. good. But you want to be a realist and then look at things optimistically, hmm. because the pessimist says it's unrealistic. Hmm. I can imagine these researchers, right? These like academics being like they adhere your goals. They're like, I think that's unrealistic. He's going to pull this off. And then what do entrepreneurs and visionaries go do? They just go somehow create stuff, yeah. right? The second characteristic they said is that they 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 tried new things until they succeeded. Mm, interesting. <laughs> the word until can guarantee yeah. your success. You try new things until, you adapt until, read yeah. read a new book until, change until. That's a success principle. It's a persist until you succeed. Okay. But I think in the back of your brain, you know it's inevitable too. That's exactly right. Success is inevitable. Yes. I just don't know I just, which. I don't know I'm what to keep swinging the bat. That's I just exactly don't know right. which swing it's going to be. That's right. I, do, I, I, do I need to go over the wall, under, around, find the weak spot? Like I'm yeah. going to get through the wall. It's right? inevitable. Yes. I'm going to be successful. That's just, exactly that's, right. That was, I, I've, I've talked about this on the show forever. I've had this mindset. I don't know why. It was just drilled in me by my parents, but you're going to be successful. You're going to be great. But just keep swinging the bat. You got to keep going, doing keep your swinging. thing. I had six businesses my first year to college that just failed. I yeah. just kept, but I was like, that's cool. We'll they just keep swinging the bat. You tried new things yeah. until you succeeded. Yep. That's exactly what successful I love you said that, that, that identity do. is on that until. No question. Mm. So going back to your person, what I'd say is I'm a realist. I'm not. So I hope when someone reads this, I hope they feel motivated. I hope they feel inspired. The word inspire comes from the Latin, which means to breathe life into. Mm. So I feel like you, I hope someone reads it. They're like, yeah, dude, I kind of breathe some life into my dreams and some life into my goals. Cool. I hope that happens. That's not why I wrote the book. I wrote the book to teach you how to be the person today. Be as a present state. Like here's what you tactically do today. Here's the practical formulas today. So I don't want to just, I don't want someone, Jim Rohn said, if you have an idiot and you motivate him, you now have a motivated idiot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not looking to motivate anybody. Yeah. If anyone that has worked with me knows it like, yo, he doesn't, he doesn't say crap. He doesn't believe. He doesn't, it's a not fluff. It's mm -hmm. like, practical, tactical, like here's how we're going to win. Because to me, I only like to do things if I win. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I like to win. And so the point is, is if I'm, if I'm skeptical, I'd be like, okay, the question would be, are you looking to go to the next level in your life? Do you feel like there is a next level that you're looking to get? Cool. This is a freaking book that's going to help you to, to practically take action 
and to get there. I'll give this last thing on the word until. The word until can guarantee your success. Guarantee is a big word. Guarantee is inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's not hopeful. It's guaranteed. Uh, Ogmandino wrote The Greatest Salesman in the World, this kind of iconic book. And he says, I will persist until I succeed. I was, right. I was keynoting in, in Seattle. I was probably 35 and it was a wealth management firm. The median income was 750000 So th- this group is doing pretty well for themselves. Some making millions of dollars a year, some were new, yep. but the median was seven fifty. Yeah. So there was a guy in the back, probably in his 60s, maybe 65. He had his, his reading glasses. He had kind of a balding head, had his reading glasses on top like this. Mm-hmm. And as I'm walking through the audience, I could see him kind of, he's like this, but I could see him kind of debating if he should interrupt me or not. Or he's trying he, to raise his hand. Raise his doing. hand, oh, okay. but not, not sure if he should because I'm in the middle of a speech. Yeah. And instead of ignoring him, and he looked really skeptical, <laughs> by the mm. way, instead of ignoring me, I point, call him, sister, do you have a question? And he goes, you're saying persist until you succeed. He goes, there's a difference between being persistent and being crazy. Like in other words, I'm just going to be persistent until yeah. I succeed. I'm just going to, I'm, my success is inevitable. I said, you're right. I said, but the word until will still guarantee your success. I said, do you want to know why? He goes, why? And I said, because I will adapt until I succeed. I will adjust until I succeed. Mm. I will change until I succeed. I will grow until I succeed. I'll read a new book until I succeed. I'll surround myself with the right people until I succeed. I'll get into the right rooms until I succeed. Mm, The word until still guarantees your success, Mm. but you do have to adjust and adapt and make new skills and you got to get better. Like so that the book's designed like, yo, let me help you get better, dude. Let me pour some stuff into you that changed my freaking whole life from someone that would have been voted the least likely to succeed. You know, when I first started. Yeah. I love that. What a, uh, what a good, uh, I like that for the for the haters listening to this. <laughs> we talked about haters a little bit ago. Um, I got a, a few qua- last quick hit questions I want to get from you. Um, is there a favorite mentor in your life that's really driven your success since you were since you were young? I mentioned him earlier with the three steps, uh, the, the wealth building formula. Mm-hmm. He he passed away on January second this year. He owned almost all Thanksgiving Point down here. Mm, uh, his yeah. name is Nathan Ricks. Oh yeah. yeah. And Nathan was someone that I modeled for many many years. hadn't Didn't meet him for the first probably twelve years I was modeling him. I remember mm-hmm. I first sat in his one of his buildings over here, and he made a he made a, a fortune in his career, but then took that probably earned fifty sixty seventy million in his career, it took that money, and invested into real estate and built this billion dollar empire mm-hmm. right. And, and and died tragically, unfortunately, on January second, heading to the Rose Bowl. Had a plane, a plane sur- crash. Yeah. He died in his jet. Just yeah. a surreal, surreal day. But Nathan was a huge. He, I modeled him. Kobe modeled Jordan. Like you want to model mentors, and I modeled him not just in his business success. I modeled him really in many different areas of his life. Mm, I love that. Um, is there a, a mantra or a phrase you keep in the back of your brain, at least currently, that keeps you going the, throughout the day or when you're working out or when things get hard that you keep repeating to yourself in your brain? Yeah, one of them for me is an Aristotle quote that he says, excellence is not an act, it's a habit. He says, therefore, you are what you repeatedly do. Mm. So for me, my goal is to be freaking excellent, dude. I want to be an excellent dad, an excellent husband. I want to be excellent as I can in my faith. I want to be excellent in my fitness, the best that I can. I want to be excellent in my business. I want to win. I want to serve other people. Mm. I want to show up at a high level. And so excellence, excellence is not an act. It's a habit. He says, therefore, you are what you repeatedly do. So for me, mm. I'm always trying to dial in those habits to say, how do I build excellent habits so that I can truly serve at a high level? I believe service to many leads to greatness. Like truly for me to be the one, I just need to serve at a really high level. Mm, I love that. That uh, I, I think of this about this a lot of compounding habits yes. will beat 
my competitors or competition or just my myself, I'm comparing against myself. I started an LDS mission. I started in Taiwan yeah. for two years. That was the first time I really got in a habit. They did because they make you get in a habit of you got to wake up at this time. You, you, we studied from uh, 8 a.m. to about 11.30 a.m. It was personal study, you study scriptures or other things, you study companion, and then you study the language. Hmm. And I remember building, and I really learned, it was when I was 18, 19, 21 years old, how to build habits that would compound. Yes. I was trying to learn Mandarin Chinese at the time, yeah. which was for me very hard. I was very slow, I was very behind. And I started to think through though, if I consistently show up, my habits will beat whoever, if it's somebody else, I'm trying to have better Mandarin than them, or even just myself, if I can continue to show up. And I, and actually I saw there, it took me about a year to learn Mandarin. It was, it was pretty hard for me. And still it's, you know, it took me about a year and a half to really master it. Hmm. And, uh, but I, it kept being the compounding effect of a habit. And I took that with me after I said, you know what, even if back to your thing, you, you mentioned the five things I just show up every day. I do those yep. five things every day. It doesn't matter yep. if it's Christmas, my birthday, yep. whatever, yep. those habits will win and beat your competition consistently. That's exactly about right. being consistent about your habits, and that's why habits are habits. Uh, they aren't just they're things, habitual. They don't you don't want to do them when you're when you feel good. You do them habitually. Yeah, your habits don't care about your feelings. Yep. You do the habits when you don't feel like it. Yep. And the thing about it, the, so one of the things I teach in the book: live an intentional life. Hmm. Live an intentional life. Most people, their entire hmm. life is reacting to the distractions versus living intentional and cr- intentionally creating their life. So the problem with habitual habitual means you repeat it is most people don't pick their habits. They don't pick the destination Mm, we're trying to go and they don't pick the habits. So what happens is they habitually or consistently do habits that are leading them in the wrong direction versus- And they're not even mindful of what they're doing. Not even mindful. You're going the wrong direction on accident. A fun example, sorry to cut you off. My dad, who my dad's, I would say, major mentor for me, he's launched multi-billion dollar funds. Incredible dude. He was the one in our family. just changed everything. Really cool. We could talk about it for an hour, but he does something very interesting. It's a habit. As a you know, very wealthy dude. A lot of people at night watch Netflix or watch a show with their family, whatever. They watch a Seinfeld episode, The Office, whatever. And he did that for a while. But then he shifted. This He's done this for the last decade. He watches YouTube every night religiously. And he doesn't just watch fun things. He, he learns he on learns. YouTube. He of learns course. about science stuff or military advancements or stuff about AI, just ra- stuff that he's in the Roman Empire. It doesn't matter. He's done that over a decade. And if you meet him or he comes on, he comes on our show, he speaks at our events, people are like, wow, John, how did, and he, he came from nothing. He had, I love it. He's, he, he calls himself a slow learner. He's kind of dyslexic. He doesn't, can't read very well. And he's like, but he, he is a wealth of knowledge. Why? Because he built a habit. He goes, I'm going to watch TV anyways at night. I just like doing that to wind down. I might as well turn on something a little bit more educational, just a titch. And that habit is compounded over a decade for him. And all of a sudden he's this, he's writing books. He's talking about uh, world. He's getting asked to speak about economics on all these stages and all these cool things. Why? Because he built a habit of watching YouTube instead of watching Netflix for a decade. So powerful. Really cool. I, I used to work out, no kidding, in the, in the gym of this building. Mm, yeah. And I remember my brothers, this is years ago. I remember my brothers, would te- they'd tease me and make fun of me that I, I was listening to like Tony Robbins or whoever it was when we were lifting weights. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. listening to ACDC yeah, yeah. You know, or whoever it was, you know? And they're like, dude, what's wrong with you? You're like, like this is like not getting you into the mood to lift weights. And I go, dude, I, for me, I was like pouring in, it was my net time, no extra yeah. time. I was gonna be there anyway. I wanted to pour in my yeah. mind. People say to me, they're like, how do you have all these quotes and stats and stuff? Dude, for 20, what? 22, 23 years of my life, every single day, you just pour all this stuff mm-hmm. into your mind is a habit. It's like something I like designed and I just do, it's like, yeah. it's a habitual now. I got it. Yeah. I do it, you know, on autopilot. Well, you keep pouring in. This is what I try and tell people. You can update your identity. You do need a plan of what to do. Listen, your success can become inevitable. If you go, if you go learn, mm-hmm. you know, know who you are, 
and then go do the steps, you should expect to succeed. You should expect to win. You shouldn't hope it pans out. You should expect it to yeah. work. It's funny. I, I, uh, my favorite thing to listen to to win, like if I'm going for a max out rep or whatever, I love listening to Tony Robbins. Like I type in Tony Robbins motivation or Ed Milet with some one of those guys, yeah, David it. Goggins motivation on YouTube. That's hilarious. And they just yell in my ear and it just, it gets me fired up because it's not like a song is great and stuff and get you motivated a little bit, but I feel like when someone's like speaking to me, you, you, it's, you it's and Ty, amazing. You and Ty love you some David Goggins too. That's oh, hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, no, I love it. Uh, Okay, couple last questions. Before we get to those last questions, for people listening to this, what's the best way to find your book and find you? And then we got a few last questions we'll yeah. end up with. We'll put a link, you know, in the in the in the notes here. Mm -hmm. But uh, you can go to anywhere you find your favorite book; it will be sold there. So, whether it's in the bookstores, Amazon, uh, Spotify, Audible, just wherever you get your favorite books, you know, it'll be there. Okay, one more time. Be the one is the name of the book. So go look it out for it. it's coming out. I yeah, probably September twenty six. Yeah. By the time this episode drops, it'll yeah. probably be out. So go find Be the One, Justin Prince. I'm sure you just Google yeah. Justin yeah, Prince. You'll find all of your cool stuff. And you do a lot beyond the book as yeah, well for, for sure. coaching and speaking and all yeah. sorts of cool stuff. So go follow Justin online and we'll have the book down below, which is, which is phenomenal. Um, question we'll wrap up with. I love asking my guests this question. Uh, if this was your last interview and you had to like, talk about being the one, yeah. your generations would listen to this as your dying words. One of my favorite things that I look at for ancient texts or even ancestors, I love to look up what was their last thing they said on earth. And if you look in scripture, doesn't matter what religion, if you can find what the last thing that they, hmm. kind of their dying testimony, what was it? Usually you'll come up with some really powerful stuff, uh, especially in scripture, ancient texts, but you can do it across the board for anybody. Uh, if this was your dying message or dying word, and you can talk religion, politics, yeah. faith, I don't care what you talk about. You got the open mic for about a minute, minute and a half. What would that be? If I had three words, I'd say be the one. I think it's a, it encapsulates what I would try and tell my grandkids or mm. you know whoever it was to be. Here's what I would say if I had a minute. I'd say there's two races. The first race is the race we all know, which is the race of success to make money and to have Instagram followers and to, to uh, have a big home and a big car. Cool. The second race is the real race. It's your, it's your relationship with your faith. It's your relationship with your mm. spouse, with your children. It's, your, it's the way you treat people. It's truly the way you show up in the world and the value that you add to people. If you win the first race and lose the second race, I feel like you actually lost the race. Because there's a, the second race is the real race. Here's the second part, though. Some people say, you know, I'm broke, but at least I'm spiritual. And I go, no, dude. God didn't give you gifts and talents for you. God gave you gifts and talents for the rest of us. So in other words, the way that you magnify the giver of the gifts is by magnifying the gifts that you were given. And those gifts are given through other to, you know, inspire and touch other people's lives. So you can win both races. You can have all of the success that you want, live an incredible life, and keep your faith and keep your marriages mm -hmm. together yeah. and be a good human. Like you can win both races. You don't have to sacrifice one or the other. You can win both. Hmm. I love that so much. Justin Prince, everybody go follow him. Find Be The One, the book. Thanks for coming on, Justin. Appreciate it, brother. Amazing. Love it.